0: Hi, this is Vivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com and you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I need your help. If you love this podcast, you will love my children's book. It's called Princess Charming and I am really trying to drum up pre-order sales. You might not know this, but before a book comes out is actually a really important time for the whole book's trajectory. So, Please pre-order Princess Charming, which comes out April 19th today. Just stop what you're doing and go do that, please. When it arrives on April 19th, you can give it to a loved one in your life, a niece, a grandchild, a child, a student, a kid walking by on the street, anybody. But if you could do this, here is my offer. If you email me your receipt showing me that you bought the book online somewhere and pre-ordered it... Email info at zibbyowens.com. That's info at zibbyowens.com. And I will pick 10 people to do a special giveaway project award to from my new Bonfire merch store, which you should also check out, which is um, the Zibby Owens Media Bonfire store where you can get all sorts of cool T-shirts and uh, tote bags and author sayings and all sorts of great stuff. So what did I say? 10 of you are going to get a special Care package of your choice from the Bonfire Store, and I will pick at random from all of you who pre-order the book. So if that wasn't clear go pre-order Princess Charming. Again, it's called Princess Charming. It's my debut picture book. It's really cute and great, and it's illustrated by Holly Haddam. And then after you get the receipt, screenshot it or forward it to me at info at and you will be entered to win one of 10 exciting care packages. So go off and order. Thank you so much. Bye. Bonnie Garmus is the author of Lessons in Chemistry, a novel which is her debut novel. Bonnie is a copywriter and creative director who has worked widely in the fields of technology, medicine and education. She's an open water swimmer, a rower, and mother to two pretty amazing daughters. Born in California and most recently from Seattle, she currently lives in London with her husband and her dog, 99. Lessons in Chemistry has already been optioned as an Apple TV Plus production with Brie Larson starring. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Lessons in Chemistry.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Zibby. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. Can you please tell everybody what Lessons in Chemistry is about and what inspired you to write it? And by the way, if you're listening, I would encourage everybody to check out Bonnie's website, which I think is now my favorite author website that I've seen. I love it. I love the colors. I love the video. I love this like retro theme. I'm like kind of just obsessed with your overall branding <laughs> of all of it. So anyway. Oh,
1: that is so kind. My, my daughter designed the website. So no I'll, way. I'll yeah, That's she's great. a great. Yeah, I know. I'm lucky. But Lessons in Chemistry is a book about a woman named Elizabeth Sott She's a chemist in the late 50s, early 1960s, and she gets fired from a research job because she's pregnant, which you could not be at that time. She very reluctantly takes a job I think most people would love as a TV cooking show host, but Elizabeth doesn't love it. And even though she's supposed to be teaching cooking, what she does instead is she she teaches chemistry, and that is because cooking is chemistry. Naturally, this is not what our producers had in mind, and there's a lot of trouble with that. But the housewives at home eat it up, and eventually everyone else does, too, because really, the show is not about cooking. It's really about personal empowerment. And yeah, I think that's probably the best summary I can give of the book. I love it. Even Lyndon Johnson was eating it up, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, <that's>
1: right. <laughs> You're right.
0: And I love how it even came to be that she was upset. Elizabeth was upset that her daughter, a precocious young reader, was losing weight <laughs> because she wasn't eating these like carefully crafted meals she was making with the optimal nutrition and all, from all of her intense, you know, intellectual... <sighs> (sighs) research and her, yet her daughter was losing weight and she went to confront the dad. I hope this is not giving anything away. This is like very beginning. And then the dad of the friend who was eating all the food, she confronts and he's like, Oh, how about I give you a show? So if only, if only it worked that way today. (laughs) I
1: know exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was super fun to write that scene, especially.
0: And Elizabeth is just such a cool woman. I mean, she is a fabulous character who you develop so well. I mean, she's obviously like this strong, beautiful. I mean, the bright red lipstick and like the beautiful, like the, the, you can tell she's like, like the sta- her stature, I guess, right? You can, it like flies off the page, like somebody you want to stand up straighter to be around. So oh, tell me how you. you came up with her. Like, where did she come from? Where did this book well, come from? Maybe I should back up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a little embarrassed to say this. The book came from a bad mood. I'd been in a meeting at work and I had been presenting some concepts and it was a room full of men and after I did it, there was, seeing you know, a little bit of discussion, but really nothing. And then another man said exactly what I had just said. And everyone went, now that's a great idea. <laughs> and so, you know, this sort of thing, of course, still goes on. And uh, I came home and instead of, well, I went back to my desk and instead of working, I wrote the first chapter of Lessons in Chemistry. Yeah. I think I wrote Elizabeth because I wanted somebody with, who I could look up to. I really wanted somebody to, to personify this woman who would just go, no, no, no. And that was her. Wow. And did it work? Did you feel better? I felt better after I sold the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, tell me about your career and writing in general. Like, so you were a copy copywriter and right. agency. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that your whole life? Like when
1: No, I started out in publishing, actually, in scientific publishing. I was only there for, I don't know, four years or so. And then I moved on and I started, I did a little bit of tech writing, but to be honest, I was terrible. And my boss actually told me that my writing sounded sarcastic. (laughs) And I think he was right because, you know, I would write things like, and then you do this, well, you know what to do. (laughs) I, I don't know. So that didn't work out. And then I started doing copywriting. I didn't actually work for any agencies. I, I probably worked for all agencies. I worked for, I don't know, 30 of them, plus a lot of design firms. And I kind of ended up specializing in technology and in medical technology and then also in education. So a lot of different clients, and that was good for me.
0: Wow. And so what were some of the your favorite campaigns or something? Like, tell me something
1: fun. Oh, I did. You know, I wrote this campaign actually for Microsoft just tons of years ago, and it still has these legs to it. It was a recruiting campaign. They were really having trouble getting good people in because they were competing with everybody, every other technology company at that time. And this is way back in the nineties. And so I wrote this campaign for them from this point of view of what, what you do with your work really matters, what you do with your life really matters. And so it isn't a question of coming into a software company and hopefully getting, you know, benefits or whatever. It's really a point of pride. Mm -hmm. If you're really going to be writing code for a billion people, you really need to do a good job. But it was this voice that they loved and they said, that's it, that's it. So for some reason that campaign is still around and I, I still get I still get, you know, updates from people about, oh, I just saw that. You know, it's so funny. Wow. That's, that must feel good, you know, for You're all kind the, of for all yeah. the naysayers. <laughs> oh, you know, exactly. And, you know, I, I worked for a lot of people. So it was, you kind of got the idea. I didn't always love who I worked for, but I loved a lot of the projects I worked with and I uh, worked on and I loved the teams of people outside of these companies. So that was great. So then all of a sudden you become a novelist.
0: So you, you just got upset and wrote a chapter. There must have been, please tell me there was more to it than that. Oh yeah, there was. Okay, you know, every, otherwise I, every, <laughs> I'll be very jealous. I mean, that sounds pretty amazing.
1: No, every copywriter is a is a novelist. Mm-hmm. and And we all want to be, of course. And I did write another novel before this that was rejected 98 times. And so, you know, you have to be really tough, right? As a writer, you just have to take rejection. That's the beauty of copywriting. You get rejected so often. That is, that you why you,
0: developed. is that why you named your dog 99? Did I?
1: <laughs> is it? Oh, no, no. 99 is actually named after a friend of mine. So who we grew up calling each other numbers. Oh, I named my dog after her, but yeah, no. Okay. But sorry. anyway.
0: Okay. It was rejected 98 no, no. times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 98 times. And then I, you know, you can't really give up with writing. You have to just keep going. And so I started this other novel and this character had actually been in yet another novel, but as a minor character. Hmm. So I, I felt like that day she was sitting there saying, tell my story. <laughs> so I did. And it, you know, it was great for me to be able to just sit there and, and listen to what she had to say, which was a lot. Wow.
0: So then how long did this whole process take you?
1: Oh, forever. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting exactly how long this was. I think it really took me about five years to write the book, you know, how does your, well, you know, because you've got kids and you're working full time. And how do you do all of this stuff? I, I applaud women who, I don't know how you're doing it <laughs> because you're like the busy, I love you're, you're so busy and you're able to do all this stuff. And that you have a publishing company too. It's like, Oh, that is a lot. I mean, that is amazing. So good for you. But yeah, it took me about five years and then, you know, it takes a while Once you sell it, then you have to go through the whole publishing process and all that. So, yeah, I mean, all told, like seven years. Wow. So, how do you feel with it coming out? Oh, I feel fantastic, (laughs) both scared and fantastic. It's just a dream come true for me, honestly. It really is. Yeah.
0: Congratulations.
1: It's so fun. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, what did you do while you were waiting for this to come out? Like, are you, uh, did you ever revive the other novel?
1: Did you start a new novel? Like what? Oh, I, yeah, I started a new novel, but the pre publication promotion on this has been so intense that I haven't, I shouldn't even say this, I haven't worked on that for, okay. <laughs> okay, for like four months now, maybe five. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about that one too. I really love already the protagonist of that novel and I love some of the characters. So I know I can feel them. I'm one of those people, I don't write from an outline. But I can hear the characters talk to me, mm-hmm. and so I just have to be around to listen to them.
0: So, are you one? Are you one of those people who you go on a walk, and that's when you hear all your voices or inspiration? Like, does it does it come throughout the day, or are you like at your desk, and then
1: the, it comes through your fingertips? Or like oh, hearing? I wish. <laughs> yeah, you know what I do. I, I mean, this sounds. I, I, I hate to make it sound so. I, I know. It sounds very magical in a way, and it's not. I picked up this technique from copywriting where I would have a problem in copy, which was frequent, trying to think of some sort of concept. And I would go to bed and think about, I have to solve this problem and then let my brain work on it. And then I'd wake up at 3 a.m. and I'd write down the solution. And then when I actually got up and looked at it, it would either be like, oh my God, you're a genius. Or it'd be, oh my God stop waking up at three. So (laughs) that's what I do with my characters. Sometimes they appear to me and start talking and, you know, everything sounds so much better in the dream than it does on paper. So I do a lot of rewriting a lot. That's fun too, though. I mean, it can be fun sometimes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was it? What was the selling process like for this book versus your last one? Were you scared going into it after the rejections? Like, or did you oh, feel I, confident or what was it like? Well,
1: I didn't have to sell it. That was the bizarre thing to me. We had been transferred here to London and I didn't I didn't know anybody in London. So, you know, it's kind of lonely. And I took this online writing course at Curtis Brown. It was just right to the end of your novel. And for me, of course, you know, I don't really expect it to teach me how to write, mm-hmm. but I love the support of the other writers. And so I was on this online course and I did not write to the end of my novel, but I really liked the instructor who was Anna Davis. And I liked what she had to say. It was, she's just really sensible about writing and I can be very idiotic about writing. So that was very helpful. And then I decided to try to get into their in-person writing group, which was just three months long, one night a week. And I got into that because I wanted to meet people in London. And I, you know, suddenly I was in this group of, of writers and it's nice to be around writers. You know, we all kind of have this personality of I'm going to be rejected. Life is really hard. You know, I love the sad sacks, you know. Oh, great. We're all in one room. But it's a really great group of people. And I still hadn't finished my book, but I was, I was getting closer. I was about two thirds of the way through. At the end of that course at Curtis Brown, they throw a little party for you. And some of the agents came. And this woman, Felicity Blunt, came up to me and she said, I love your book. And she signed me before it was done. Oh, my god! So it was a very, very happy, happy story. Yeah. Did not expect that. I mean, I I have to tell you, I was so excited after she signed me, even though it wasn't done, that on the way back from her office, I accidentally dialed the emergency number on my phone. My phone was in my pocket. And I didn't realize what I'd done, but there's this, you know, on the Apple phone, call emergency. Anyway, I did, and I didn't know. And then suddenly my phone was ringing, and I thought, well, who is this? And it was just said emergency, and then it was an emergency operator saying, "Ma'am, is there an emergency? We're calling you back." And I said, "Oh, well, I just got an I just got an agent," <laughs> and she said, "Well, good for you. Have a nice day." <laughs> oh
0: anyway really it was a good day it was a good day oh for that. <laughs> that's amazing i just love many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey it Tell me about more of like the chemistry food cooking side of the book and your own familiarity with all of that did you research any of that like did you know about it? Do you love to cook? Tell me all about that.
1: okay I had to teach myself the chemistry I'm not a scientist and I kind of like doing it I, I used a textbook from the 1950s and that was that turned out to be really smart to do but also frustrating. Because you know, science marches on, and so I like to use a lot of metaphors in my writing. And occasionally, I would write a metaphor, and I would explain what was happening chemically, and then I'd realize that one of the interactions had not been discovered until 1968, hmm. and I'd have to scrap it. So I, I learned—I will say—I learned basic chemistry. I'm definitely not a chemist. I did have two chemists, uh, two. PhD chemists read it and make sure that it was right. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of cooking, I mean, this is also a little bit embarrassing. I, I'm not a great cook. I don't even say I'd like to cook, but I love people who cook well and I have so much respect for them. And to me, it's really an art. And so I know people who cook well and they say, oh, you know, it's nothing. And to me, it's not nothing. They've done something that's very creative, but also extremely scientific. And they've the great thing about cooking, which I don't really think most people think about when they go into the kitchen, but I think about this now every day, which is when you apply heat to something, you're, you're igniting a chemical interaction. And because of that chemical interaction, you're breaking bonds, and then you're creating new bonds. And then you put it on a plate, and you put it on your table, and you call that dinner. You have created something that no one else has ever created. You can follow a recipe if you want, but yours will always be a little bit different. And that's because your ingredients will be different and your taste buds will be different as you taste it. It's always an experiment, but you are always, always a chemist in the kitchen.
0: Hmm. I love that. My husband is like an amazing cook. I talk about it all the time, but because I'm so, (laughs) I'm so grateful. (laughs) I know, me too. But I watch him do it and it tastes so good. And, you know, he's not even like stressed out about it. And I feel like when I try it, I, you know, I can follow a recipe because, you know, I'm a relatively intelligent person and I can read. So, you know, I think any, but I can't improvise. And I always wished I could be one of those people who could
1: just like grab all the ingredients. Like, what do I have? What am I going to make? But no. That's me too. I don't, my husband, I would say we get we we trade off every other night cooking, and that means you know every other night we get a great meal. And I always feel like here you go. But for me, I read a recipe and then I start to put it in the oven, and then I read that last line that says marinate overnight. Oh God! You know I never read it all the way through. So whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just really have so much respect for people like your husband and like mine who can cook like that because that's not me. Yeah. And what about the
0: being in like on camera and doing a show? Is there, is that something you'd ever wanted to do yourself or, or no? Never.
1: Never. Absolutely not. I know this is, it's so funny. You know how people say, write what you know. I just never do that. And I think part of that is from being a copywriter. You have to immerse yourself in a thousand different products and companies and people. You never write what you know. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that exploration in writing and learning new things. No, I would never, never want to be, have a cooking show or be on television like that. i I don't think I could handle it too well.
0: Someone was just (laughs) telling me, who was this, like yesterday? This shows you how my mind is working these days. But how they would never want to write memoir because that would just be like reliving what they already knew versus escaping into new worlds is what attracts them to writing. So,
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, I I think that, yeah, yeah, that really kind of nails it for me, I think. That's really, that's that's sort of how I look at it too. Yeah, I
0: feel like all of it is, is an escape. I I feel like if you're in your into tapping into that interior voice, and you're like having a relationship with the computer in a way, right? (laughs) You and the page, exactly. Then you're already out of whatever's going on outside of this little ecosystem here. But oh, I'm pointing to my computer.
1: (laughs) You don't (laughs) know exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, do you? Well, first of all, do you? Did you consider doing something like casting? and Elizabeth and doing a sample show as like some accompaniment to this. And, you know, like having, I know you have the the trailer, which is amazing, but I don't know. I could just see, like, it's just so visual. I wanted to see an episode. I wanted to watch. Like,
1: what is she doing? Well, you, you, you will definitely, because it's being made into a series. Oh, well, and Br- yeah. Brie Larson is starring as Elizabeth Zoc and it will be on uh, Apple TV series. Oh my gosh. So,
0: it's, so sorry. I didn't know
1: that. I must've known that oh at some no. point and I am so sorry. But sometimes I, I know. I, I mean, I sometimes don't even believe those words when I say them out loud. So don't worry because all the time I, I feel like I need to wake up soon and realize I imagined this whole thing, but they're starting production. They're starting to shoot this summer wow. and it will be released next summer, hopefully. That's so exciting. So, were you a part yeah. of
0: that? Did you get to adapt it, or
1: how involved were you? I'm not involved too much. I talk with the writer, the main writer, and then you know, I at the time at that when I first talked to all these production companies about them adapting this book, some of them wanted to make a movie, and mm-hmm. some of them wanted to make an ongoing series and have yeah. separate six at the at the center of each episode. But I really saw it as a limited series, basically because of how the book ends. So anyway, that's how it's been developed, which I feel really good about. Eight episodes, each an hour long. And then Bree Larson asked for an exclusive read and then asked if she could be Elizabeth Zott, basically. And, wow. you know, she, we had this... She's amazing. We had this really nice Zoom visit. And I, I felt like, you know, we were getting engaged. You know, it like... <laughs> Will will you play my character? Okay. Um, It was really, she's just great. So I feel, you know, extremely lucky. And yeah, I'm going to go to the set this summer and watch some filming. Where are they going to shoot it? Well, I based the book in Southern California Mm -hmm. because that's where I grew up. And so they're shooting it there. And I think that's, it's kind of nice for actors and people who live there. They don't have to travel, you know. They can go home for dinner. <laughs> so it'll be, yeah. That's where it's it's being shot.
0: My husband just—he's a producer—and they just shot a movie in LA, and it was great because he could. We have a, we have a place there, so he could just like stay home and go to the set and then come back home at night. Oh my and, um, god! Yeah. Oh, great. that's amazing. Can can you say what movie it is? Yes, it's called Wildflower, and it's really great. It's a dark comedy, a dark coming of age. Comedy about a girl raising her mentally disabled parents, oh. but it's really it's funny and it's fabulous. It's really fabulous. Oh, um, oh, it sounds wonderful. Saw a rough I'm cut gonna... or whatever you want to call it. Director's oh, cut? yeah. I don't even know. Now they keep coming back with tiny tweaks. He's like, watch this one, and I'm like, I I can't watch. This. I can't even tell what's different. <laughs> you yeah. know, show me the end product. But yeah, yeah right. I got to go to the set. Yeah. It was really cool. I actually have a cameo oh. in the movie as an English oh, teacher. science teacher. Oh. Actually, on brand for oh, this oh, book, but. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah. how fun it was fun, but you'll have, so, you'll have such a blast. It's going to be, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it'll be fun. It's just this whole thing has, you know, come to life like this and I would have never, ever predicted it ever. Cause I, I'm, I'm much more like the, uh, we call our writing group, the baby seals because we're used to being clubbed to death, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, yeah. It's really interesting not to have that club like, oh, you know, this isn't good or
0: whatever. Yeah. <laughs> how,
1: are the other anyway. people, how
0: are the other people in the writing group
1: doing? Well, we have a couple of people who are signed by agents and two of the other people have books out. Wow. Exciting. Yeah.
0: Well, tell yeah. everybody to think about Zippy Books. Send us some. Send well, us your books. <laughs> yeah.
1: Of course I will. Of course I will.
0: <laughs> um, amazing. And just out of curiosity, so what do you like to read? Do
1: you like to read? I'm assuming you like to read, but I shouldn't. But no, I hate to read. No, I'm kidding. I love to read. I read all the time. When I'm writing fiction, though, I switch to nonfiction because I, I don't know. I just I can't enter somebody else's world too closely. But I will say I finished this book by a fellow trans world author here in London. And it's called, well, I have it sitting right here. It's called The Second Sight of Zachary Cloudsley. If you like, this is a cross. I think it's brilliant. It's coming out in June, and that's the arc. And it's a cross between Dickens and Harry Potter. And I don't know, uh, this, there's this feminist character in it. It's just It's so good. I can see this one being show this to your husband. It needs to be made (laughs) into a movie. It's really, really good. Awesome. That's great. What advice do you have for aspiring authors? Rewrite as much as you can stand because that's where you're really going to develop your voice and look rejection in the eye and just know it's part of it. It's part of the game. And we all end up feeling kind of kicked around and beaten up at the end of the day but it makes you so much stronger. And just don't give up. I'm living proof. Do not give up.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Bonnie, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. It's just so great. And knowing now it's a series. I mean, this is such fantastic news and
1: oh, it's so well-written and it just, um, it's really exciting. That's all. Oh, I well, I really appreciate this. I was so excited when uh, they said Tippy Owens wants to have you on her podcast. I was like, oh my god, you you have a tremendous. I know, I love your podcast, so I'm I was so excited. Thank you. That means so much. Thank you. Oh yeah. Oh, it's one and I love the the books and the color behind you. It's, it's thank so you. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like all the way around the room. <gasps> yeah, it goes it's, all the way around the yeah. room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did, so you actually sorted them by color hmm I, uh, that is
0: so- sorry, I've told this story a lot, but yeah. I had COVID about a year ago and after spending like nine days in bed, I hadn't seen anybody else. So I came in here and I took every book out of these shelves and put them on the floor. Like I was in a beautiful mind or something. And then I started with <laughs> one shelf and actually I started cause I used to have my books horizontal and my husband said, you know, cause I was starting to run out of room. He said, you'd have a lot more room if you put them vertical, yeah. put them up vertically. I was like, no, I wouldn't. He's like, try one shelf. So I did the one shelf, and I grabbed all the white books. And (laughs) like, okay, first of all, he was right, as he always is, even though I fight it all the time. So he was right, and we fit more books. And then I thought, oh, well, why don't I just like mix and match in the next shelf, I'll make this color. And then, you know hours and hours and hours later yeah. yeah. like on a step stool. I mean, it's like a whole production, but yeah, it
1: stayed, it stayed sort of untouched over there. This it, time. Is, it is. It's just beautiful. I love it. I love it. It's such a clever idea, you know, and now, you know, I mean, sorting books by cover. I worked in a bookstore for a very short period of time and how many people come in and they go, I'm looking for this book and I don't remember the author's name. I don't remember the title, but the cover's green. You know, that's
0: how I think about, I mean, I think <laughs> about books. I, that's how I look for them. And I don't know. That's just how my mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's gorgeous. Well, it's if you're really ever beautiful. in New York, come on over and I'll, you know, can have some I'm going to be there, gonna there in, in, in April. April.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'll be here. <laughs> All
1: oh, right. that'd be great. I'd love to meet yeah. you in person. Anyway, well, thank you so much. Yeah, okay. Well, thank
0: you for coming and best of luck. We'll stay in touch. Okay. okay. Thank you, Sippy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.